0: first cut. Golly. welcome to the First Cut podcast. I'm Rick gabin and this is your round 1 recap for this week's Wyndham Championship and joining me to break it all down it's Kyle Porter, K P. What
1: up? Yeah, it's uh it's kind of a round 0. 0.75 recap, but uh that's yeah. fine. We got we got plenty of golf in and uh, there's There's plenty, there's actually a lot to talk about considering it's a, you know, not a, not like one of the, you know, 10 best weeks in terms of of who's playing. So looking forward to it.
0: As we speak, they are in a weather delay. And we said, oh, why wait? Let's go live. Let's let's fire this bad boy up because a lot of guys are in uh, and there's a lot to talk about. Russell Henley atop the leaderboard with a bogey-free 62 KP. It was highlighted by an eagle on number five. That is a par five. At the moment, he is two shots clear of anybody else in the chase bag and he's two shots clear of anybody else who has done their round. This... Probably shouldn't be that big of a surprise. Russell Henley had been playing well coming in. He was pretty popular amongst the handicappers of the golfing world. And here he is atop the board uh, through the majority of round one.
1: Well, he and he's somebody that popped up when I when I go through uh, trying to make plays on the tournament, I usually do it on a Monday or Tuesday. And I, I don't it's not a I mean, your process is probably way more complex, but I usually look at strokes gained over the last either two rounds or uh, excuse me two months three months sometimes i'll do the the feature on data golf that allows you to do like the last 20 rounds Mm because i feel like that kind of it it gives you a better sense of how guys have been if maybe they haven't been playing as much or whatever and henley kept popping up on all these different things that i looked at and so when i went to oh here we wow producer jacob all over this um when I went to make bets on the tournament, he was kind of in my periphery, but I did, I couldn't pull the trigger on it, and all that to kind of back up what you were saying of like this is not from out of nowhere, and especially, and this is what we always go back to: if if somebody like Russell Henley gains two and a half strokes on the Greens, he's probably going to be in the top ten of a round one leaderboard, right? And and that's what we saw on uh, on Thursday, so. He's been he's had a kind of a quietly really good year, especially last fall and into the beginning of 2021, and now popping up again at uh, at Wyndham. I wouldn't be surprised if he went wire to wire, honestly.
0: Ooh, that'd be nice. I have a forty to one ticket, so that would be very nice. Um, the thing with Henley is you're going to need to put the the, like foot down on the gas for for the rest of this thing. I mean, it's going to be, he's at eight, the Chase packs at six. Soft conditions, these afternoon storms seem to be in the forecast every week. This is going to be deep, deep, deep under par. He also
1: uh played in the final pairing at the U.S. Open, which I kind of forgot.
0: Yeah, there was a trio it was him, Hughes, and um, sorry to the third guy who was the was it Louis? Um, no, I don't remember. I don't know. No, we'll figure it out. Um, the way this kind of works, because this is, listen, they're, they're still out there playing. And uh, the big storyline is going to be some of these finishing positions that the bubble boys need. So I want to go through, I guess, a couple of the notables here. You know, not all of them are finished. Justin Rose is two under through 14. That's currently a tie for 55th. He needs to finish inside the top 10 uh, to, to get himself into the top 125 and into the FedEx Cup playoffs. And that's at minimum. I would have liked to seen a, a hotter start from Justin Rose to, to get that accomplished, but he's certainly not out of it, KP.
1: Where, uh, where's Hold on. Where's he at? He's... Uh, T-55. He's two man. under. It's just so, like, you have to do so much. He needs to finish in the top 10. Yeah, I, he's all right. I mean, it's hard because you know, this is not like I was looking at the winning numbers here. I think the last four years, it's like 21 under, 22 under, 21 under, 22 under, 23 under. Mm-hmm. So you got, I mean, you can't really have a day where you shoot 70, right? I mean, I guess you could, but you have to be just perfect. The other three days. So he's got a lot of work who, who out of the, I was thinking about this cause I, I read the Rick run newsletter every week. Who is the most surprising guy? And I have a very specific answer to this. Who's the most surprising guy, uh on this board whether whether that's a guy who you thought wouldn't perform who's at the top or a guy who you thought would perform who's who's nowhere to be found
0: so you're talking about just like the actual leaderboard no just the whole the whole turn the whole thing yeah not so like, like the bubble boys right just like the actual tournament yeah yeah yeah, yeah, the, oh. yeah sorry um uh, unfortunately, the biggest surprise is probably Charles Schwartzel, <laughs> who's four over and in oh, near dead left. <laughs> and he lost like four strokes putting after he had looked like he had figured it out for a while. Uh, that would be know, the. Did he bring back the manufacturing air putter? I don't know. It couldn't have been much. I don't know how bad it could be. He was last time I checked, he had lost. Let's see. Um, He had lost four strokes putting through like 11 holes. Yeah. He ended up losing 4.1. So that would be the biggest disappointment. The biggest surprise in kind of a good way, probably Tommy Fleetwood. Who's five under through 16 and currently inside the number that he needs. KP, he needs to finish this out of top 11.
1: Yeah, I think for me it's it's either Hideki, who, to be fair, is not done with his round, but he is currently T-104. He's even through 14 holes as we talk. Mm-hmm. He's still kind of flushing it. He just is not scoring at all. And my surprise is Siwoo Kim. And this is what I was referencing with the Rickrungood.com yeah. newsletter is you talked about how he had the single worst strokes in approach round since 2015 in the mm-hmm. final round at Memphis. I think he lost 11-10 uh,
0: 10 point something, yeah.
1: And that was you and you did this. That was emblematic of how he's been hitting it recently, which is not good, right? And he is currently T5, mm-hmm. 5 under through 15 and hitting it really well. So you love to see it. I, I love I love it when Siwoo Kim contends.
0: He's ama- it's the it's the Wyndham vibes, man. He shows up and he just flushes it. Remember that round? I think it was last year on Saturday, he had an ace and then lipped out another one. Like he just yeah. gets he just gets dialed in for whatever reason yeah. here. It's unbelievable. And this is this isn't even a uh, a Pete Dye. It's
1: I know. usually Pete Dye courses, right? It, it's it's Right. um it's American Express, it's TPC Sawgrass. Uh is is uh Harbortown a Pete die? Because he almost didn't he win that or almost yes it won is. it. Or
0: at least Jacob Jacob from the chat was so quick in the chat. Yes, it is. He's all over it.
1: <laughs> um and he can I think he contended there right around that first uh players' championship win. So good for him. Good to see the bounce back after that. 13 he made on the 11th hole at uh, TPC Southland last week. <sighs> Brutal.
0: Do we need to bid adieu to friend of the pod, Ricky Fowler, who needs a top 21 or better uh, 21st place finish or better uh, to get himself into the playoffs one over par through 14. That is currently a tie for 131st. Ricky has a lot of work to do um, immediately because he's going to have to make the cut and then he's going to have to go on a run. So this is, this is, this is going to be tough.
1: Yeah, I don't, I mean, he's not done with his first round, so I can't, I can't, I can't say, you know, farewell to, to 14 holes, <laughs> but it's certainly not looking great. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't, it hasn't, it maybe. And I think this is a little bit of um, what can happen when you're trying to find it again there'll be moments. I mean, he played so well at the PGA championship and there was another tournament around there where he really thrived. And so it's like one step forward, two steps back, right? One forward, Mm -hmm. two back. And it's a little bit of stop and start. And even some of the comments he had before the tournament started were just not, did you see the, uh, the dirt bite? Uh, analogy that he made uh, yeah
0: that it's like he's trying to start rev the engine and start it or so yeah some analogy to a dirt bike that was i don't understand <laughs> well i didn't really understand it
1: either but it did it didn't seem very encouraging it didn't seem like you know it's and i appreciate him because most yes. guys are like oh it's close and it's like ah you just shot 80 in like the second round at at uh, colonial like i don't think it's close but So I appreciate him being realistic and saying like, hey, this is where I'm at. But it wasn't – to me, it wasn't super encouraging for what the next six – I guess for what the rest of 2021 holds for him.
0: Our friends over at Caesars Sportsbook uh, have, of course – Russell Henley as the favorite to win the Wyndham Championship, plus 450, but they are not going to get burnt by a couple of guys who play Sedgefield very, very well. Webb Simpson is seven to one, the second shortest odds. He is currently three under par through 14 after starting with a double. So a nice fight back from Webb. He's got a couple of holes left to play and he is five off the lead. And then Siwoo Kim, we mentioned. Fourteen to one. Those are the only three golfers shorter than twenty. So Caesars, uh, really, really putting some uh, respect on Simpson and Siwoo.
1: Yeah, and the the Web thing, he's not hitting it that great. I mean, he's he's been one of the better putters in round one. So I, I don't know. I, I still, I'm I'm going to ride my Hideki over Webbed into the ground this week. And Hideki might miss the cut, but yeah. um, I got the same one. I'm nervous. Yeah, I just, I just. <laughs> you know it's 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 kind of what we always talk about t to green versus putting Webb's putting it great and and hideki is not so um yeah i I do not like webb at seven to one there i don't i don't dislike henley at at uh, nine to two plus 450
0: yeah i actually um i don't want to get ahead of myself here because i'm i'm financially invested in russell henley but i Looks good. Like I like I like what I saw. I like the what you know. It's it's one of these things where when you're coming into the week and you think something might happen and it starts to happen. I don't want to get too excited. There's 18, he's eighteen holes in, and not everybody is, but uh, I certainly do like like that number there.
1: Yeah, and I think the other guy up here that that is intriguing to me. I, I had him as a top ten this week. He's been hitting it great. Is is Johnny Vegas? He's oh, twenty two to one to win right now. He's five under. Hit it great on Thursday. Great. He putted he putted pretty well, but he he's had. The thing I like about him, he's had recent staying power at the top. It's not like, you know, you'll see even like a Siwoo who obviously a great talent, but he hadn't, you know, like, like flashed it recently. And so you're like, ah, I don't know what to do with this one round with Vegas. It's like, this is kind of what he's been doing, you know? So I, I really like that about where he's at and the way he played in the first round.
0: Love it. Uh, We are going to supplement the rest of this first round recap with a little bit of news because there's some interesting things going on in the world of golf. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating I am absolutely amped up to talk about the USGA KP going to Marion and Oakmont (laughs) for the next transition for the next 30 years, 30. So just here's, here's the schedule for Oakmont into the future. 2028 U.S. Women's Open, 2033 Walker Cup, 2034 the U.S. Open, 38 Women's Open, 42 U.S. Open, 46 Women's Amateur, 49 U.S. Open. Do we have any... uh, Question one, why do they do this so far out? What is the what is the incentive to do this?
1: Sorry, I, I, I lost my... Uh, I can't hear you. I don't know
0: why. Can you hear me now or am I just like...
1: I got it. I got it back. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: my, my headphone, This is a very first world problem. My headphones <laughs> will connect to my phone and it'll lose the computer. So that's what happened. I was trying to look up a tweet that somebody sent me. But what I was going to say about what you said is... It's insane that we're talking about tournaments in 2050, right? Yes. I, so I don't know if i, <laughs> I talked to you. Uh, and maybe that's what you just said. I didn't hear all of it. <laughs> okay. But uh, I, ta- I was talking to Rory at the US Open. And we were talking about how they have the Ryder Cup scheduled out to like 2040 or 2036. And we were kind of laughing about it. And he's like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't even know what I'm hitting off the first tee tomorrow, much less like <laughs> what's going to happen in 2040 at the Ryder cup. And like, it's fun to think about, but it's like, are we even going to be covering golf in, in 30 years? Like, will we cover the 2050 us open? Probably
0: not. I hope not. I like, I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> it seems like so far. Oh, what, what is the, what's the incentive? What's the incentive to schedule these out this far in advance?
1: What is the incentive to schedule? I I, I don't know. I, I think that I, I read this somewhere. I can't, maybe Jeff Shackelford had it, but I think when you when you create like an anchor site, so to speak, with Oakmont or Pinehurst, I think there's some economies of scale there, right? Where you can save some money in the short term because you've got stuff like they know they're getting this X number of US opens or whatever, um, I don't know how that, that that's kind of what he was implying in what he wrote about it. I don't necessarily know how that works in the short term, but I do wonder if it's a financial consideration. Cause I don't know what else it would be. I mean, I like do people that live in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, are they like, Oh, can't wait to that 2050 us open, you know? I tweeted out, like, wake me up when they scheduled the 2100 U.S.O. And the best replies I got were, like, well, Bryson will be hitting, you know, three wood off the tee on the first hole as a
0: 107-year-old. Yeah, people – I saw a couple people did not like that tweet. Um, The the other thing, Marion. I love Marion. I love Marion. It's one of my favorite places. It's absolutely perfect. However, so U.S. Open in 2030 and 2050, and if you know Marion – It's like the smallest plot of land out there. There, There's nowhere to go, KP. And that is 29 years away, 2050 is. uh, And we know how technology and how distance has changed. To put this into perspective, 29 years ago or 30 years ago, the average driving distance on tour was 261 The average, the average, average. it has gone up uh, basically 40 yards in the last 30 years. If, uh, if we extrapolate that out, maybe it doesn't go up another 40. I don't know, but like, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous about that. And
1: this is a little bit of a touchstone for me of like, Hey, when we talk about distance, which we have starts and stops on that. We we talk about it for a while and then we don't for a while. And then we talk about it for a while. And then we don't for a while. It's going to be talked about it again, in the future, ad nauseum, a ton. Mm-hmm. I think Marion in 2050 can be a little bit of a, a, a something to point to, be like, hey, we want to be able to play there, right? Like, we want to be able to go there. We are having the U.S. Open there. And I think it's a great, like, and that's I don't think that's why they scheduled the U.S. Open at Marion, in, or maybe it is. I don't know. The USGA is in charge of all this stuff. Um, but I do think it's a it's a great like stake in the ground of like do you want to have a U.S. Open <laughs> at Marion or not? Because when yeah. when JT Poston is hitting a, a three iron to you know three hundred and forty yards, like we we ain't going to Marion. You know they're gonna have to double Oakman and then we can go to that. So. I I actually like it because of that because I think you can keep pointing to places like Marion and saying hey we have to go to these places yeah sorry Greg Ducharme we have to go to Wingfoot <laughs> right remember yeah. what he said well you don't have to go to Wingfoot well yeah you don't but right. damn like I want to right. Wingfoot's awesome it's yeah. so good and so is Marion so I think that when you have something that it's almost beneficial to have it that far out in the future because you said you, you can say well we have to reel things in right now to even be able to, to go there in 30 years
0: yeah i don't want to lose marion off the schedule so hopefully hopefully that goes well one more uh thing that i find incredibly interesting when we get a, a little cross sports little crossover action Uh, This week on in the world of golf, because J.R. Smith, yes, that J.R. Smith, the professional basketball player, has announced he's going back to school. Okay, he is going to pursue a degree in liberal studies at North Carolina A&T State. And KP, here's the kicker. Uh, J.R. Smith went directly from high school to the NBA. So. He's got eligibility, baby, and he's gonna try to play golf, make the golf team. This, this would be—I uh, need like a hard knocks, like whatever the equivalent of hard knocks is going to like for this. I, I need to see Jr. Smith on this golf team.
1: Why would you subject yourself to this in retirement? I don't. Know. Right, like, like what? When people think about retirement, they think, okay, what what is enjoyable? What's gonna be comfortable? What's gonna bring me, you know, pleasure and joy? And it's like trying to sh- you know shoot in the 60s on like a d i don't know what division they are are they i guess they're d1 are they d1
0: i don't know the answer to that i can find out
1: yeah they're d J- producer jacob says they're d1 you're trying to like crack the top five like you could. Can- <laughs> this is like this sounds like a horrible retirement like you're grinding your butt off after doing it for 20 years in the nba um but it's also it's the flip side of that is it's kind of admirable. Like I kind of love it. It's it's really kind of a cool thing.
0: Uh, the cool thing would also be, um, you know, if Jr. Smith hosts the the parties, he probably doesn't charge you five bucks for a red cup because he made ninety million bucks during his NBA career. <laughs> so you're probably good there, right? Like we were scrounging up change to buy like you know a, a couple of six packs. I, I think Jr. has got it covered.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or maybe he does. Man. I mean, he's a he's a businessman. I, I don't. Sure. Maybe, maybe that's. Maybe that's a. Do side we have any handicap, idea how side good he is? Hustle.
0: Do we have any? I mean, he's not Steph Curry, right? Do we have any idea no. how good he is? I think Place he's like. A
1: five is that good yeah, enough?
0: Th- a five handicap?
1: No, to be on a college team. Yeah, I mean, I was at Oklahoma State when. Uh, well, Brandon that's. Whedon,
0: but that's before you well, go too far. That's like the best college program ever.
1: For for sure, but I was okay. there when when uh, Brandon Whedon was on their team. Do you remember that? <laughs> I, I remember and, Brandon
0: Whedon. I didn't know he played golf there.
1: He played golf. He was like <laughs> on the golf team, whatever whatever that meant. Um, but he was like really good. And so yeah, maybe like I don't know. I, I I feel like you have to be. You would have to be like scratch at worst, like a zero at worst to 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 play on any college golf team. But maybe I'm. I have no idea. I don't follow like low level division 1 golf.
0: Uh here you go. I pulled up the results from last year. <laughs> so, uh yeah, he's got to shoot he can make this team. He's they have a couple of guys who can go low 70, 72, uh but there's there's some 80s for these guys that count in the in, in the scores. He can make this team. Yeah. I think I think he's actually pretty decent. Like I don't
1: I don't really ever expect any athletes from any other sport to be that good at golf so anybody that's good is surprising um yeah I don't know it, it'll it'll be fun it'll be interesting by the way there's somebody in the comments that was asking how mm. like why Ricky is ex, is exempt to take this all the way back to the beginning of our conversation here Rick I'm pretty sure correct me if I'm wrong I'm pretty sure the players championship exemption is eight years. I think, a, I think a major <laughs> exemption is 10 and players is eight, I think.
0: So he is – I just had this up here. He is um, – yeah, that is correct. He is exempt through the 2022-2023 season, which would be eight uh, – via his players' championship victory, which would be eight years from his players' championship. So you are absolutely correct, KP. That's or,
1: that or maybe it was seven and then they got the bonus COVID year. Oh either way either way it's longer than I thought it was uh you know coming into even this week I like if you would have asked me before this week how long is a player's championship um uh, exemption I would have I would have thought 5 years but I said 5 yeah I'm pretty sure it's like 7 or 8
0: so he is exempt through not next year but the year after that so plenty yeah. of time for Ricky yep. to Ricky to figure this thing out Plenty of time for J.R. Smith to figure this thing out. He's got
1: four years to figure it out. Love Can it. you imagine covering J.R. Smith at the, at the 2026 uh, NCAA Championships?
0: <laughs> That's a different <laughs> timeline. He'll be like 39. <laughs> yeah. like here's the here's the guy at the ncaa championships uh 39 year old senior jr smith <laughs> also i gotta say J R
1: smith being younger than me and like seven years younger than adam scott was kind of sobering i was like what how am i older than J R smith tough times Kevin. guys guys that have been on tv for a long time you just presume that they're older than you and he is not he is not older than me
0: uh anything else before we get out of here
1: Nah, that's all I got. I gotta go. I gotta go do some writing
0: right away. That'll do it for the first round recap for this week's Wyndham Championship. Back after each and every round. For now, let me thank producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, it's Kyle Porter. Follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Rick Run This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.